Blog Talk Radio. There was a time I was so afraid, so scared to do what I wanted. In looking back, I can see all the mistakes that I made, and I wish that I could talk to me and tell me I can change. Don't be afraid. Welcome to Blog Talk Radio, Safe Recovery. This is Monica Richardson, and I am your host. Today is January 27th, 2015, and I am not in Sundance this year. I am here in Los Angeles. I couldn't go. And uh, so, anyway, I was there last year, and that was cool. And uh, I have been talking to people who have been ripped off by AA members and some of them have been ripped off in the tunes of millions of dollars. And I met with somebody recently who had that experience, and so I thought I would just do a show uh, to talk about that. And with that, I'm going to go back and read some stories. So recently, we have a story here that comes out of New York's largest drug treatment programs, where they committed fraud and spent taxpayer millions on luxury cars and vacation homes while their patients lived amid rats and bedbugs. But authorities fear shutting down their programs could put thousands of addicts on the city streets. Well, that part, to me, is just nuts. They just close these places down. These are run by these steppers. And uh, uh, this was reported um, by Lisa Reardon Seville and Graham Cates, with a K, A-T-E-S, did the story. Um Let's see. This came six days after New York State Attorney General Eric Schneiderman indicted owners Allen and Jason Brand, B-R-A-N-D, on criminal charges of fraud and money laundering. Um, Narco Freedom, which is the name of the place, is not truly functioning as a not-for-profit corporation, but is rather a corporation operated for the personal benefit of Mr. Brand, Robert A. Kent, General Counsel to the State's Office of Alcoholism and Substance Abuse Services, wrote in an affidavit filed as part of the state's case. The brand strongly contests the allegations. And then um, it says, Narco Freedom receives nearly $40 million, oh my God, $40 million annually from Medicaid. And because of their indictment, the brands are now barred from running any Medicaid-financed operation but their programs live on and continue to receive Medicaid funding because they provide methadone to 10% of New York City heroin addicts and housing for hundreds of patients, many of whom are returning from jail and prison. 
More than 3,000 people could be left without treatment, according to the testimony and interviews. You know, it's interesting because when people say that, you know, AA is not allied with any sect, denomination, politics, organization, or institution, it absolutely is because these treatment, all of these treatment programs are 12-step based. That's what they are all about, religious 1935 stuff. And, uh, yeah, it's just really... It's a really important story. So um, I think if you want to, if you have a, a rehab or a treatment center where you went, uh, I would begin with filing a complaint with whoever the insurance person was, and then, um, especially these places where they make a lot of money and they are for non, they are nonprofits. Um, I guess it's the um, OASAS, the Office of Alcoholism and Substance Abuse Services, um, would kind of want to be all over that. Uh, and maybe contact, you can just Google the story and find it, go to Leaving A, you'll find it, Drug Treatment Moguls Lived in Luxury on Medicaid Cash. Um, doesn't mention anything about AA, but we all know that um, there's really nobody but an AA member who would do this kind of stuff. Um, let me see. Uh, there are just so many. Let me just look through my my giant pile here. Uh, they're kind of in different categories. You know, we have, um, here's one out of Cleveland, where the trial of two attorneys accused of trying to bribe rape victims begins. And um, these guys, uh, hey, hey, um, let's see, Castro, the criminal case, and Marshall, who shares office space with Dumbass, was helping Castro get into Alcoholics Anonymous anger management and sexual assault counseling really who who gives sexual assault counseling i'd really like to interview them and see what their what their um beliefs are uh, my next category is physical murder and there's a lot of those and then the next one is community outrage right and then we have the other category is on drugs Court ordering, another category. More stories there. I don't think we, I'm not finding my. I'm not finding my my financial stories are not like in here in the right place. But um, anyway, I was certainly uh, ripped off financially. Not early on. It was probably when I was. Maybe I was four years sober by a guy who was a newcomer who said he was going to go buy me a car. And um, I would give him the cash, and he had a friend. And I was young and stupid, and then he took my money, and then he was like, oh, I spent it, you know, I'm a newcomer, I don't know any better. And then what was even worse, that my sponsor at the time told me that I was an idiot, that it was my fault, that I should have never trusted a newcomer. And that's kind of when I looked at her and I was like, uh yeah, I don't think um that this is uh you know, that you're right. I think that you're like out of your mind. And so I kind of, you know, began to take a step back of what um you know, just what those people, the kind of advice that they give is outrageous and um stupid. That's it. It's just stupid. And uh Let's see, if we, one of the, I remember some of these really, really big cases. I was going to follow my 
Uh, I am not going to do a show next week. I'm really, really busy. I'll be back the following week and get some other people on the show. Um, let's see. Financial. I know a guy who was ripped off for a car. The guy told him, you know, well, you know, you loaned it to me. And uh, I, mean, I can't believe the things that people say. It's just really, really nuts. Um, it's just crazy. Alex Anonymous financial scamming. Uh, here it is, a whole folder. I found the folder. Uh, that's all I've got. Here we go. So this story was back in March of 2012 at a Bloomberg reporting Alcoholics Anonymous tied, cited by SEC in insider trading case. A Philadelphia investment advisor is facing U.S. Securities and Exchange Commission claims that he led a group that used non-public information divulged by an Alcoholics Anonymous confident to profit from a 2008 merger. Timothy G. J. McGee and eight others made about 1.8 million trading ahead of Philadelphia Consolidated Holding Corp's announcement that it would be acquired by Tokyo Marine Holding. The SEC said today in a complaint filed at the U.S. District Court in Pennsylvania. In early 2008, immediately after an AA meeting, an executive with a Philadelphia firm who wasn't named in the SEC complaint told McGee that he was under pressure related to merger negotiations and that the SEC said McGee and Ameriprise Financial Broker then brought bought shares in the insurer and tipped a co-worker, Michael Zarinsky, who purchased shares for himself and in accounts held by his wife, sister, mother, and grandmother, according to the complaint. Um, so there's a little one little AA story. Um, another one is betraying his friends. This story was reported also in March of 2012. And this story is oops that's my phone um is betraying his aa friends hurts ponzi schemer at sentencing and so february 2012 and this comes to us from belmont hills penn valley after pleading guilty to engineering a ponzi scheme that cost 23 people roughly 7 million dollars bela Oh, how do you say seen seen Wade says C Y N W Y D resident Oh, that's the name of the town. Ira Pressman. Oh yeah, this is a famous Ira Pressman story. Was all but certain to spend a few years in prison no matter what happened in his sentencing hearing. The district circumstances of a few of those thefts, however, made certain that Pressman's attorney was trying in vain to get a sentence on the lighter end of the spectrum, John McMahon Jr. argued that Pressman's years of supporting his fellow Alcoholics Anonymous members demonstrated he was someone who could find redemption. But in explaining Pressman's sentence, 97 months, the maximum under federal guidelines for the array of crimes he committed, the U.S. Judge Jan Dubois on Friday said that Pressman's AA legacy was ultimately a liability. Someone undercutting that good work 
is the fact you ended up defrauding two or three members of the program, Dubois said, calling that aspect of Pressman's behavior particularly heinous. So um, it says that Pressman joined AA um, on the main line overdosing on cocaine in 1988. He told the court Friday um, after Dubois had heard testimony from his former friends of Pressman's who knew him through AA they lost money in his fraudulent investments. Though the victims gave their names in court, Patch is withholding their identities. Wow. Um, one victim who testified, a woman from Penn Valley, said she grew to love Ira as a fellow AA member for the past seven years. She invested with him but soon found herself losing faith, eventually screaming over the phone to him, you really are a Bernie Madoff, aren't you? Um, added to the victim in court, I feel like picking up a drink to calm myself down. So, wow, it's a really, really sad story. Um, the story that I've I've heard, I was contacted a while back by a group in Santa Monica who had been ripped off uh, by two guys that told me they got away with it. They're still getting away with it. I don't know why these people just don't go to the police. Um let me see. Here's another one. Cosmo sentenced to 25 years in Long Island Ponzi scheme. And this guy, this guy was actually on one of those TV shows, those reality shows about greed. And uh, when I saw it, I was like, no, that guy is a stepper. Um, Long Island Ponzi scheme artist Nicholas Cosmo was sentenced to 25 years in prison and ordered to pay $179 million in restitution by a federal judge on Friday. Wow, that's $179 million. The scale of the offense is breathtaking, said Judge Dennis Hurley, in laying down the sentence, which includes three years of supervised release. He also called Cosmo reckless with his compulsive, arrogant behavior. Cosmo Forty of Wantaw, Long Island, has been in jail since he was arrested in January of 2009 for taking an estimated $400 million from more than 6,500 investors through his Hopodge-based company. Um, in a sometimes tense hearing that included the frauds victims confronting him, Cosmo appeared contrite. Wow. Um, in my heart, he said, he wasn't meaning to hurt these people. Cosmo said, I cannot go back in time. I'm truly sorry from the bottom of my heart. Hurley said he received dozens of letters from victims of the scam, and few spoke before he passed sentence. Um, and a few spoke, I'm sorry. Paul Priori, who lost $15,000, is disabled and on a fixed income. He told Hurley the loss has devastated his family. So that's a really sad story. Uh, let's see. Fairlawn resident in a Ponzi scheme. Um, let's see here. This comes to us from back in 2000. This was also in 2012 in February. Um, Jennifer Devine, 39, of Fairlawn, the owner of operator of Devine Wholesale in Carl State, admitted to wire fraud charges in the U.S. District Court on September 15th in connection with her 8 million Ponzi scheme. She was ordered by the U.S. District Court Judge Claire C. 
Kechi Sechi on January 11th to pay more than $2 million in restitution to her 10 victims, some of whom she met through Alcoholics Anonymous. Um, she rejected pleas that Divine be allowed to say goodbye to her two children and immediately remanded her into custody. Divine, who has had a history of alcoholism and bipolar disorder, was hospitalized last week for suicidal thoughts, authorities said. Chechi and Divine would be sent to a facility facility where she can receive appropriate care. Divine raised more than $8 million from investors between December 2008 and September of 2010 by promising high returns, approximately 25% to investors in New Jersey and throughout the United States within 30 to 60 days. Divine convinced investors that she was in the business of buying and selling wholesale clothing and electronics for profit, but actually did virtually no legitimate business, authorities said. Interesting. Interesting, interesting, interesting. These people are crazy. Um, Father Sam steps aside. In Ohio, in 2010, in July, the Reverend Samuel Ciciolini, Samuel Ciciolini, C-I-C-C-O-L-I-N-I, has stepped aside as executive director of the Interval Brotherhood Home. The well-known alcohol and drug treatment center announced the move in a statement Wednesday, the day after the Roman Catholic priest, better known as Father Sam, was charged in federal court with banking and tax-related offenses. The issues facing Father Sam involve his personal banking transactions and his individual tax return. The statement said, since the matter involves his personal activities, there has been no effect on the IBH financial condition. These issues do not include or impact IBH. You know what? I think uh, Darlene, I wonder if you're listening out there, Darlene, um, that Darlene knows all about this IBH. Let me see that. An ADM, a taxpayer-supported agency, provided annual operating funding of $2.67 million this year to the nonprofit. The total budget for IBH this year is $4 million, the agency said. We're confident that both the IBH Foundation and the Interval Brotherhood Home have a good fiscal controls and obviously are thoroughly audited on an annual basis, said Bill Harper, the executive director at ADM. And we're confident... What does ADM stand for? Summit County Alcohol, Drug Addiction, and Mental Health Services. Maybe that's it. Um, hmm... Interesting here. The Akron priest has been charged with one count of structuring financial transactions to evade reporting requirements and one count of making and subscribing a false tax return. Oh, he made a false tax return? Good Lord. Um, he's accused of depositing $1,038,680 in bank branches in the Akron area from April 2003 to June 2003 by making 139 individual cash transactions. Wow. It's a freaking priest doing the AA. I'm a freaking do-gooder. C.C. Come here, help me, Darlene. C.C. Olini. And it happened in, this is in Ohio. Oh, my God. 
This is like so ridiculous. Insider trading. Um, we already read the insider trading one. Oh my God, that's a Zerinsky uh, local leader. Here, oh, here's another one. This one is a good one. Local leader for drug addiction recovery arrested Saturday. This is from September 19, 2011. The director of Never Alone, Never Again, a Maysville-based recovery resource for drug addicts, was arrested Saturday on a charge of theft by an unlawful, taking over $1,000. Curtis Oliver, 53, allegedly took grant funding awarded to NANA, N-A-N-A, by the Buffalo Trace Agency for Substance Abuse Policy Board, commonly known as ASAP. Uh, You know, so he took $1,000. Uh, interesting, somebody on the board said, here's an example of a wolf in sheep's clothing. That's, I almost called this that. Man scammed Alcoholics Anonymous members is in the title on CBS Channel 4 out of Denver. This was reported in March of 2012. There's a lot of stuff that was coming to the head in financial scamming in in 2012. In Fort Collins, oh my God, this is right where I was for interviewing. Um, I guess that's what happens when you're making a film and you don't have a full team and you're doing it. But in Fort Collins, a man accused of bilking dozens of Coloradians out of tens of thousands of dollars told CBS4 their accusers were making legitimate investments. Um, Investigators say that Richard Mayfield, age 72, befriended the alleged victims at places including church and Alcoholics Anonymous meetings. Investigators say that Mayfield told investors um, in the Mavenick Sales Group that they were investing in his patented sales training program called the Last Sales Seminar. Oh my God, this is crazy. People were thinking they were buying some intellectual property. The problem was there was no intellectual property, Sergeant Don Wilson said from Fort Collins Police. Interesting. We go back there and do all these other stories, man, that happened in Fort Collins because there was that other predatory, sexual predatory story as well. All right, let's see. Single Ottawa man could face jail time for grandparents' scheme. Um, this looks like this is up in Canada. Um, a judge told a single mother he was very reluctant to send her to jail for her role in the grandparents' scheme that defrauded seniors in Canada and the U.S. out of $45,000. But Carolyn Palmer must prove that she is making real efforts to pay that money back before he will rule it out. Um, Palmer was depressed um, that she could not afford Christmas for her young son when she was approached by another member of Narcotics Anonymous to take part in a mass marketing fraud. Her lawyer argued at her sentencing hearing. Really? Like, we're supposed to feel sorry for her because she was like, oh my God, these people are crazy. Um, well, well. 818-475-9211. This is Monica Richardson on Blog Talk Radio. I have one more story. If anybody wants to call in with a bad story, I don't think there's anybody out there listening live right now. Here's the last one. Sky Capital Mandel sentenced to 12 years for fraud. This is May 8th of 2012, reported by Bob Van Voris. Sky Capital Holdings 
limited founder Ross Mandel was sentenced to 12 years in prison for operating what, prosecu- what prosecutors alleged was an eight-year scheme that defrauded investors of $140 million. Let me say that again. Ross Mandel was sentenced to 12 years in prison for the alleged eight-year scheme that defrauded investors of a hundred and a lot of money, $140 million. Mandel of Boca Raton, Florida, was found guilty in July of conspiracy, securities fraud, wire fraud, and mail fraud. All the counts against him. After a trial before the U.S. District Judge Paul Crotty in Manhattan, at a hearing today, Crotty also ordered Mandel to serve three years probation and pay $10,000 fine and forfeit $50 million. Mandel, who is free on bail, must report to prison on June 18th, Crody said. Mandel, 55, asked Crody for mercy in sentencing him, saying that he and his family have suffered continuously since the FBI agents raided Sky in November of 2006. He told the judge he never intended to cheat anyone. Wow. Wow. Really, really, really bad. These guys are so bad. Uh, let's see, where am I at? I am, there's a few guests in there, there's a few guests logged in, logged out. Hi everybody, if anybody has a story, well, you know what, we have like three, we have four minutes left. If anybody wants to call in, I have about two minutes to talk to you, 818-475-9211. If you want to tell me about um, your uh, predatory financial, how you were ripped off by members of Alcoholics Anonymous, Narcotics Anonymous. Uh, and, you know, I... I just that those stories alone I got to go through my my paper stories though I think and uh and and get out all those financial predatory stories and put them all in one basket because I think that uh, the small ones like the story that I told um well I don't know when I started uh I started keeping track of the stories maybe in 2010 but you know whether it's millions or thousands or hundreds, um, or it's a car, it's a condo. Uh, I was certainly uh, taken advantage of and actually got my money paid back because of my blog. So stop thirteen step in AA, leaving AA. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter. I'm on Facebook as the Thirteen Step to Film and leaving AA.com. If you've been harmed by a member of Alcoholics Anonymous or NA or any 12-step group, contact us at makeaasafer at gmail.com. If it's a crime, please go to the police. If you've been raped, please go to Rape and Crisis. If you don't get the support you need as you go through there, please call us. I mean, please uh, email me at makeaasafer at gmail.com, and we will do our very best to give you support. We just know that we had a rape out in Palm Springs, and we are working... uh, you know, they're working out there to um, to put this uh, man in jail. So I would just like to say thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, everybody, for a great year. I'm looking forward to distributing the film in late spring this year. I've taken all the, uh, the videos off the Internet for just right now as we pre- prepare for the next move forward. But again, there are some really bad financial predatory things that I know and it's more than one I have been contacted by people in Los Angeles where this has happened so if that's happened I encourage you to 
go to a detective, um, go to the Department of Justice, and take it to the law. And don't let these people, you know, pull the wool over your eyes and tell you to go to uh, a meeting or pray about it or write about it. It's nuts. It, there's there's many, there's a lot of going on. So I want to thank you again for joining me today Radio Safe Recovery. I'm Monica Richardson. I'm your host. And I will be back in two weeks. See you in two weeks. And have a great night. Good night.